1: back to today's episode of Chasing Frets. And if you tuned in on Monday, you know that our guest this week is Joey Landreth, and I'm joined this week also by Andy Ellis.
0: Hello there from a rainy old Nashville.
1: So today's episode, we are going to be talking about one of Joey's all-time favorite guitar heroes, and that's Lol George of Little Feet. And to me, like I was a late bloomer to Little Feet. I first heard the uh, the album is an, an album from the '90s. It had Red Gumbo on it and Texas Twister, and I remember I had that cassette and I just kept flipping it over in my car, you know. Was, and then later on, I had to go back and dig into the to the early early records. And I really probably this might be blasphemy, but I didn't really gain a deep appreciation for Little Feet until after I heard Fish play Waiting for Columbus. How interesting!
0: Yeah, huh. and, that's
1: cool. You know, would they do the thing on Halloween where they play a different record? And so one of the one of the years they did, waiting for Columbus, and and I I was a pretty big Fish fan by that time. I'd seen him a couple times, but after hearing them do that, it dawned on me how much of their rhythmic feel Fish how much of Fish's rhythmic feel, and even kind of modern jam bands how the roots of that can be traced back to that rhythm section on those early records. Wow. So, uh, so we're going to hit it. Uh, Joey has uh, a list of his favorite little feet tunes that we're going to go down. And he even talks about a forthcoming tribute project that he has in the works that I've been picking his brain about for years and I'm hoping it comes out sooner rather than later. But, uh, let's get to today's episode with Joey Landry. All right, welcome back to another episode of Chasing Frets. We're here again with our guest this week, Joey Landreth, and today we are going to talk about the magic that is Lowell George, yeah. who I know is a pretty prime influence on you, right, Joey? Absolutely. Yeah. So tell me about the the revelation you had when the first time you heard Lowell.
2: Um, What's interesting, because the first time I heard Lowell George would have been um, at the... Uh, at the hand of my parents my parents were really really big little feet fan and i'll i'll be perfectly honest i did not get it when i first heard it you know as a kid it was just like little feet and rickuter these were this was this was weird music my parents liked um <laughs> and it wasn't until i was a little bit older and people started to kind of say hey when you sing you kind of sound a little bit like lol and i was like wow well, no probably not i mean i i i i like him i guess but what i what i kind of pieced together is that my dad was this massive Lowell fan and he sounds like Lowell George when he sings. Like it was certain choices that he makes and my dad was my first hero and I kind of feel like I sound like my dad when I sing. So, you know, kind of by osmosis. But it wasn't until I was probably already – we were already in the, in the Brothers Landreth keeping pretty busy and um, we threw on, I don't know, Feats Don't feel Me Now or something – and th- it was in, in that moment when I realized, oh man, we are channeling these guys. And I didn't even realize it. Like just uh-huh. a, lot of the, a lot of the sort of field choices and the way that both Dave and I play together. is just like, we, we didn't, I, I wouldn't have even said that I was a fan until I realized that I was sort of uh, nice. subconsciously. And, and then it, I just like, I fell into, I fell deeply in love with that music, that catalog. And the same thing happened with Ry Cooter, where I just kind of went back and heard, heard all these things for the first time, you know, or or mm-hmm. not for the first time, but but appreciated them for the first time, and yeah. I don't know the the genius of Lowell George is I mean his guitar playing is obviously brilliant and so unique, but to me my favorite thing about him is his is his voice and his writing, um, and just the just the things that he writes about and how he writes about them and and how he delivers it when he sings, and and his guitar playing is kind of the same thing. It's just like there's nothing. There's nothing extra. There's just what you need to, to get the point across. And, and there's something like incredibly, uh, there's an incredible lesson to be learned from his guitar playing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 it, it's kind of hard to put into words exactly.
1: That's, that's so interesting to me how, in a way, how late you came to that revelation. Like you said, you had already kind of been in this band with your brother, you know, and it wasn't like you were teenagers at the time. You know, mm-hmm. and it just kind of all washed washed upon you at once. Did you go through the the phase where you tried a craftsman socket as a slide? Yeah, uh, I
2: I have. I can't really quite get them on my like. I can't quite get it on my finger. My fingers are kind of fat. They're short and fat, so mm-hmm. it's just never really quite fit. But yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> and I uh, we were uh, we were on tour back in I don't know. I want to say twenty sixteen or twenty seventeen, and we were in in. Cleveland, and we stopped at the Hall of Fame. Or is that in Columbus? It's Cleveland. Where, Cleveland, yeah, yeah. And uh, got to see his guitar, oh. you know, like the, the red Lowell jacket that says Lowell on it, and, and one of his slides. And it was like that, and uh, they had one of Stevie's guitar, I think it was Butter, or Lenny, one of, one of, one of Stevie Ray Vaughan's guitars, and, and they were like in the same display, and they, it was like, I, I wept. It was just like, to see those instruments was incredibly important uh, yeah, what do
0: you use? Uh, if you don't use a socket
1: Yeah,
2: wrench? no, I use um, a slide made by a company out of Washington State called the Rock Slide, and um, oh
0: yeah, I've got some of those. Yeah, here.
2: I love them. I stumbled across them um, years ago. But again, back in my side person days, I, I was uh, I was in Nashville for a month uh, with a with an artist that I was playing with, and and we were down there writing, and uh, on a day off, I went to Groon's Guitars and tried not to buy anything, but I, I left with a few slides and um, they made a really big difference and then almost immediately I lost them. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, the, only dealer in, the only dealers in Canada were in Vancouver or in Toronto and I'm in, I'm in Winnipeg, literally, right in, in between those two places and there's like 26-hour drive to Vancouver 20 23-hour <laughs> drive to Toronto. So it's like, I'm not going to get one of these. So I reached out, I emailed Danny... At at um, the rock slide and say, hey man, I I, I uh, I'm I'm in a pickle. i I fell in love with your slides and I can't I can't get them here, and so he sent me a bunch, and we we've, we've been friends ever since. And then as soon as the brothers had a record, I sent him a copy of it, and. Um, he didn't listen to it for like a year and a half and then called me one day like, man, I feel like such a dick. I just listened to your record and I really, really like it. <laughs> I was like, hey, <laughs> right on. Well, I'm glad you listened to it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he was, a, he was the very first person that I worked with um, sort of in, a, in any kind of sort of artist deal capacity. He, he was uh, always really, really quick to respond, really, you know, generous. Like I would order 10 slides and he'd send 20, you know things like that. He was just a really, really great guy. Right. So and and then um, shortly after he finally listened to my record, he said, "Let's do a signature slide." And so that's that's what this is. I've been using the same one. It's slightly longer than their small slide, um, mm-hmm. and it's we we the first prototype was the same length as the medium slide, but it was a little too too long. And this is this is just a you know I this is what I've been using exclusively. Um, he also makes glass slides, but I I, I really favor the Brass, so that's what I'm using.
0: Is is it uh, open on both ends?
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The audience at home can't mm-hmm. see. I held the slide up to the camera so you could see through it.
1: <laughs>
0: yes. I could see right through it. It's shotgun <laughs> shack only, you know, <laughs> Yeah.
1: So to prep for this episode, Joey, I gave you the homework of giving me your five top little feet, little George tunes. Yeah. And I want to hit that list, and for each one, I want you to tell me kind of what, what strikes you the most about that and and what you pull out of Lowell's playing and singing or writing for oh, that yeah. tune? So the first tune on your list, and I don't know if these are in any kind of order, but is All That You Dream.
2: Yeah. Well, and I also want to add that um, these were just the first five songs that came to my mind. Like, I, I love all of them equally, but um, uh, All That You Dream, I just, I just feel it rocks so hard.
1: Uh, that phaser, that...
2: It's it's awesome and the man Little Feet has a way of rocking so hard at slow tempos, you know like it just it just thumps and uh, I love his singing. It's absolutely effortless. He comes out of the gate, you know, singing singing. Uh, I think the it's the first an e. line. Yeah, he sings yeah. it's like high high G sharp, which is not a crazy note, but it's just like he never runs out of steam on that whole track. And you you know he sang that in one take. Like there's no there's no comping. Uh, yeah. I, I can't imagine. And just like the playing, the arrangement, like the the bridge has got all those really great, um, really great chords. Like just really, really nice stuff. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know, I love everything about it. And and Linda Ronstadt's on it, so
1: Yeah. Which version do you prefer, a studio or waiting for Columbus? Uh
2: I, you know, I love the the record version. which i think a lot of i think a lot of people would probably scoff at um because i don't think that the last record album doesn't necessarily it's not universally loved across little feet fandom um there's a there's a um a documentary on netflix about lowell and um there's like a music historian who's like a big little feet fan and at the end of the documentary he he talks about his least what he believes to be the worst Little Feet records, and they're all my favorite Little Feet records. <laughs> He's like, this record, what a piece of junk. You know, Lowell was checked out. He did, you know, his solo record, what a waste of time. I was like, I love those albums.
0: That's why we don't, that's why we play guitar and we're not historians. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right.
1: All right. Next on the list is one I had to go revisit was Rock and Roll Doctor.
2: Oh, man. I just, my, my dad has always said um, that the, the, that lyric Two Degrees in Bebop a PhD in swing, he, was, he, he, he has my entire life said, that's the best lyric in rock and roll, best lyric ever written. I think somebody else famous said that. but So that it's one a is just good like- It's it a it's a one. <laughs> it, yeah, it's a good lyric. Um, and I think that, that that song just has family ties. So it's just like, it, it's beyond do I like it? It's just a part of my growing, it's a part of my history.
1: Now, side note, have you heard Black Sabbath Rock and Roll Doctor? And could you compare and contrast- I can't say that I can. Oh.
2: Did they...
0: Is it they, the they same song? They didn't cover it, but they have, oh. uh, I was they, they searching have a
1: song for it today, and doctor. it was like yeah. the next one on, and after I got to listen to the Little Feet version, it went right into... It was like the last Sabbath record Ozzy was on. You know? Right, right, I was right, like, right. I was kind of like in the back of my mind because I was not familiar with the tune. I was like, oh, maybe they did cover it? And I was like, no, it's a different song.
2: Oh, that's funny. <laughs> like Humble Pie <laughs> doing... A, 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 a bun- I Don't I need, no need No Doctor. doctor. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. They also did... Um, Hallelujah, I Love Her So. I think they did a version of that as well.
1: Oh, cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All
1: yeah, right, next one, which to me, my favorite Little Feet songs that Lowell does are the ballads and Long Distance Love is way up there. Oh, man. Come on. Such
2: a great song. Yeah, I don't know.
1: Have you covered what? any of these songs in, in Landreth, Brothers Landreth's stuff?
2: No, uh, yes. Um, well, and I, I've, I'm in the process. It's, it's about to turn three years old but I'm in the process of making a a Lil' George tribute record or tribute EP.
1: Yes, we've talked about this before. Mm.
2: And some of these songs that we've mentioned may or may not be on there. Oh, man. Um, Long Distance Love, man. What a great, what a great song.
1: Hello, give me a missing person. Mm. (laughs) All right. And then probably the biggest hit on the list here is uh, Staples' Dixie Chicken. Yeah. Which to me... What struck me most interest not most interesting but interesting than maybe any other tunes in the feet catalog is the form
2: oh yeah well and that's the thing about Lowell's writing is like it's the, the the arrangements are never symmetrical ever no. ever ever
1: it's it's never it, it's never an equilateral triangle no <laughs> you know, it always has edges and corners
2: a know. great example of that is is um he on his solo record, which I, I can't believe I actually didn't mention this list because it's probably one of my favorites that's what I mean he, Put
1: it in.
2: What is it? um, Is uh, What Do You Want the Girl to Do? The Alan Toussaint tune. And his arrangement of that. And I actually, I haven't actually listened to the original recording of it. There's a number of recordings of that song. But like, you know, when I wrote the chart out for it for the band when we recorded it, it was like, you know, A1, B1, C1, D1, chorus. A two, B two, and they were all different. All different lengths, different turnarounds. I mean, long distance love. The first verse and the second verse have completely different chord changes. Completely different. Ugh. So it's just like he—he he was not—he um, was not worried about conventional songcraft. He was just—he was just chasing the muse, and it was—it didn't matter—it didn't matter if it made the song seven minutes long. It was like when when you try to shorten those sections, it's just like you can't do it.
1: I, I in a way, I feel like steely dan it's kind of the same way it's yeah. like they they didn't they didn't have a a set course verse framework they said we're gonna put the next the next part of the song is what we feel should the next part of the song should be and yeah. whatever that is that is yeah you know
2: it's just awesome you know? <laughs> it's awesome like i don't even know if i can do it <laughs> Yeah, you kind of when you play Lowell though, you have to be in open open G or open A. It's just like it instantly becomes like oh yeah, like super compressed in open A. You, it's unmistakable. That's the right sound.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's it is
2: genuinely hard to play his guitar parts in in this tuning or or even E, which is tuned up higher, um, just because the open A, like all the shapes are the same, but it's all shifted up. Um, I guess a fifth or a fourth. Um, But the way that everything falls underneath your fingers, it just changes, it changes everything. So even though the shapes and the patterns are are the same, it's, you know, to play that Dixie Chicken line and even in E, which is a little bit easier, there's like all these like stratospheric high notes that are super hard to get. but a lot easier to get an open A. And I think it's like partially because the B string's tuned up to C sharp. So you got a little more range there, but then also the tension that comes from being tuned that way. Mm-hmm. There's just like a, mm. there's an immediacy to open A that it's just, it's just not there in open E, D or C. So um, when, I made, when I made the low record, I had a guitar that was um, dedicated to open A just to get some of those really classic licks. But it's such a brain uh, smash for me to 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 <laughs> sort of like flip flop between tuning, so it would be like when we did the open A guitars, it was like okay, today we're gonna spend the day in open A and getting all these licks right, and then and then I'll go back to my regular tuning because I just can't do it. But uh, yeah, all that to say, Dixie Chicken, pretty sweet song.
1: It is, and the the big surprise on this list for me, which a song I was not familiar with at all, was Perfect Imperfection. Oh yeah, And that's I mean that that was led the, like their later near the end of his time.
2: Yeah, I I I could be wrong, but I I do think it was one of the last feet records that he made, if not the last. I or I guess last record album was probably the last one, but I don't actually know chronologically, somebody will know and correct me, but um it was definitely in the latter part. And it was it was a record that we listened to so much as kids. It's off a record called uh Down on the Farm. Yep. And um my mom used to sing along to the title track, and it, and it had um, the, the first verses, they all asked about you down on the farm, the cows asked, the pigs asked, and the horses asked too. But when I was a kid, I thought they were saying the cows asked, the, the pigs asked, the horses asked too. And I was just <laughs> like, oh, cool, I can swear as long as I'm singing along with this tune just like again it's a piece of my history and again on that documentary it's like somebody said yeah what a piece of crap that record is but i love it and there's oh. some weird tunes on it like it is a, it is a strange it is a strange record and i think it was kind of in the era where bill Payne started um doing more creatively so there's a lot more synthesizers a lot more adventurous harmony because he, he's you know he's quite monstrous um piano player obviously um I mean, he was always a monster the entire time, but he really yeah. started to take the reins creatively. So things started to kind of take some turns. Um, and f-
1: fun fact: Robin Ford plays on that record.
2: He does. He mm-hmm. does. Uh, yeah. Uh, if you listen really carefully, you can you can actually you can hear it. You know, he's. I think he's mostly just a session guy on that record, but yeah. every now and then you hear a lick, and you're like, if oh. that's not Robin Ford, I'm a monkey's uncle.
1: Cool.
0: So, so you guys don't be angry with me for this, but long before you were born, 1975, Little Feet, opening for Poco in Eugene, oh, Oregon. Man. I was there. Damn. Yeah, it was, uh, that was, that was the only time that I, that I saw Lowell. Yep, I still God. remember.
2: Yeah, that would have been, that would have been incredible. Really, I got to meet Bill Payne actually, um, three or four years ago, we were playing a, a festival on Vancouver Island and we were taking a shuttle from the hotel to the, or from the airport to the town where the festival was. And it was just us and this old, old guy and his tour manager. And, and, um, and we started talking and really, really friendly guy It's like, kind of looked familiar, but also just, could, you know, he had a beard and couldn't tell and, you know, introduced himself as Bill and, and, uh, and he's talking, talking, talking. And then, you know, at one point it was like, man, this guy's got to be somebody heavy. Cause he's, he's, he's referencing touring like some big places like oh yeah back in 1970 this we you know i was uh, i was in japan or i was there it's like you don't really do that kind of touring without being so so anyways we're paying attention and then and then he lets loose well yeah i used to tour in a pretty big band back in the day i was like well who did you who did you used to play with oh i I don't know if you'd ever heard of him, a band called little feet i was like what's your name again my name's Bill. I'm like, hi, Bill Payne. <laughs> it was, like, it was just like, I, I immediately was, you know, uh, so freaked out. But he oh. was really, really cool. And, I, and you know, I got, to, I got to say, like, your music is so important to me. It's so important to my family. And I'm, I'm really honored to shake your hand. And he was very, very kind. And every time I saw him over the weekend at the festival, he said hi and re- remembered my name and played his ass right off. Yep. It was it was crazy. I mm-hmm. got to stand side stage. He was playing with a band called Leftover Salmon, bunch bunch of really Love heavy heavyweight salmon. guys, yeah. and and Bill was playing mm-hmm. with them at the time. And it was it was such a treat, such a treat.
1: Uh, he's yeah. I I've played a couple festivals when he's been on there, and it's he's like he it's that he has that feel that Dr. John same thing. Like when he yeah. plays a little lick, you're like that's that's the sound of. Little Feet, in a way, is, is Lowell's guitar and Billy's keyboards.
2: Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Oh, and, and, and Richie Hayward's drumming. Like, because, like, yeah, it, the, yeah there, there are some key elements, some key elements that have to be there. Um, I also got I, um, at a completely different festival out west. I got to meet um, Fred Tackett. Mm. Uh, and, um, oh, uh, yeah. oh man, his name is escaping me. He passed away recently. Um, Paul. What's that? Paul Perrer. Paul, yeah. Yep,
1: Paul.
2: I got to meet them, and uh, uh, I weirded Paul out. I, I went too hard. Because <laughs> <Like>, he, <laughs> he wrote a lot of songs off of Down on the Farm and, and, I, and, and wrote some of my favorite feet tune, tunes, and, and um, I, uh, I gushed too hard on him. And he was like, oh, cool, man. Uh, I got to go.
1: <laughs> I, I will say that wow. is the rig rundown that almost happened. Is oh, yeah? I had it lined up. They were coming through town. I had it lined up. Uh, they are both going to be in on it. And I woke up that morning so sick that I, I, I had to cancel it. And it never happened. Dang. Made. Dang. Uh, that Little Feet rig rundown was the one that almost was, you know. So The rundown right, that got we're away. We're going to wrap up this episode. We could talk about Lil' George and Little Feet for hours. But we're going to yes. wrap it up for today. And we're going to have Joey back uh, one more time this week. Talk about songcraft and technology and all that fun stuff. So uh, join us later this week with more from Joey Landry.